What's up, podcast family? Coming to you with another episode of Monday Night Live. This one is all about content creation and about LinkedIn's algorithm. I'm answering questions and answers in this episode. Uh, There's a lot of value here for anyone that's posting content. Enjoy. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friend. As always, I'm putting all my best content here. I'm going to be posting more and more often. Enjoy the show, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday Night Live. Hope you're all doing super this Monday. Um, I'm looking to see some guys jump in the chat. Let me know you're there. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Um, Last week on Monday Night Live, uh, we had a chance to do some questions and answers, and I want to do the same thing this week. I was quite impressed with the amount of... um, engagement and questions that came through. The quality of the questions were really good. Um, let me know how your weekend was as well, guys. Let me know in the chat. I'm waiting to see some some chats come through. Um, while I'm waiting to, to see those come through, uh, I did get um, a few questions during the week. Um, one of them is a big one, which I'm going to address very shortly. Amber, the first person to comment, shall be getting a surprise prize for that. Um, so people ask me what uh, software I'm using to stream through three platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So LinkedIn, you actually have to use a third-party uh, software to stream live if you have got approved to do live. If you haven't got approved to do live on LinkedIn, go to Google it, like how do you apply for LinkedIn Live? And uh, through the help section, they'll tell you how to do it. Um, they're letting more and more people use live now, so I should be able to, to get some feedback at least. Uh, but you have to use a third-party software. So the one I'm using at the moment is StreamYard. I've also used one called Restream. Um, they're all pretty similar once you get the hang of how to use them. Hey, Dave Clare, how you doing in Perth? Um, who else have we got on the call? We've got someone, so Amber's in, on YouTube. We've got anyone else on YouTube? Dave's off tuning in from LinkedIn, of course. That's where Dave likes to hang out, the businessman that he is. Um, and on that note, LinkedIn is something that. I want to talk about today. It's something that um, I've had quite a number of questions about lately. Um, I, want, I wonder if any of you can relate to this, but people have been telling me that uh, the LinkedIn algorithm is not showing their content to as many people. Have you found that the LinkedIn algorithm is not um, giving you as much visibility as before? Let me know in the comments. I'm curious. Um, and I'll share my two cents. Hey, Nasilla, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Um, so LinkedIn algorithm, algorithm, big word, um, is something that LinkedIn do release quite a lot of information on. It's on their engineering website and it's quite technical. I do, uh, Amber said there's an entire, actually I can share some of these comments, can I? That's quite valuable. There's an entire live playbook you can download with steps to apply. Beautiful. Hey, Nick. Hey, mate. Um, congratulations on your social media marketing awards finals nomination. That's absolutely fantastic, brother. Great to see. Share some of these comments coming through. Have we got anyone on Facebook? I haven't heard from anyone on Facebook yet. All right, algorithms. Now, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, we've kind of seen the algorithms evolve. LinkedIn's got a, well, had a huge opportunity for organic reach. And now what I'm hearing is it's 
declining. And so people are saying, well, you know, is it more of just a case of advertising on LinkedIn? Um, so the interesting thing is, and I'm just going to share this with you before I get into the actual hacks, um, the statistics are that LinkedIn uh, usage has got up 70, 70 something percent. I think it's about 76 percent in the last two years. So part of that, about half of that is attributed to COVID and people using social media more. Um, and then when that statistic came out about COVID impacting um, social media usage, my initial thought was, yeah, but what kind of information are people looking for when they when they are using social media in response to a crisis? And there's people that are all in all different sorts of frames of mind. And, and since COVID started, it's been, I mean, quite a while now, obviously, we're well into the year. Um, there's been a lot of research uh, that has been released. And, I, you know, I, I try and I test things, but I also gather, like, information from the research reports that I can um, that I can gather. Hey, Paul, good to see you here, mate. Uh, Paul's a regular. Oliver, also a regular on Instagram and LinkedIn. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, so the research says, and this is a study by Ed. Ed Edelman, I think I've pronounced that company correctly, LinkedIn um, commissioned them to do a lot of research. And the, the main findings that they found are people are looking for uh, authenticity more than anything else. And the reason for that, well, I'm assuming that there's a few reasons for it, but one of them is we're craving connection at the moment. We're not getting as much of it if we're working from home, right? So that's a pretty straight self-explanatory one. And authenticity, but despite what people might tell you, is not something that you can fake. You can't fake authenticity. And so I'm not suggesting that people hop on a social media and, and have a big um, sob session about their life and be vulnerable without adding value. That's not not, not the um, the answer. The, the key is to share vulnerability, share, share a story about something that you went through that was difficult, a challenge, even something that you failed at, and then outline what you learn from it so that you actually deliver some inspiration or some education to people through your content. Um, there should be the question you should be asking before you post anything on any channel. If you add social media for business is, is this adding value before you post it? <clears throat> There's four ways you can add value, entertainment, information, education, inspiration, entertainment, inspiration, information, education. So if it falls in one of those four categories, then, you know, it, post it. And the engagement will tell you whether or not it's adding value. So one of the things that I think differentiates a lot of the content creators that are doing well and the ones that aren't is how often they're posting. Now, why do I say that? Is it because of the LinkedIn algorithm? Well, it's not actually like necessarily because of that, because when you look at the LinkedIn newsfeed, it's actually organized in terms of Re uh, relevancy, not recency. So the most recent post, not necessarily going to show at the top. It's the most relevant one to you. And so <clears throat> this is my argument. Hey, Paola, good to see you. Dean, network crossover, networks blending. <clears throat> Mate, it's something that I, that's a big thing, you know, like I think that I, I really encourage um, people to follow me on, on multiple platforms. And I'm seeing a lot of it. Like I've you know, just said hello to a couple of people, um, Nick, Oliver, um, Dave. We, I mean, we engage with each other on LinkedIn, but also on on uh, Instagram as well. Um, so like uh, multi-channels are always the best um, if you can connect with people on multiple platforms. What I love about Facebook 
um, because you know we're not getting much organic reach there, is the advertising platform is absolutely incredible. Like you know, I may put like Facebook down in terms of our organic reach, but the advertising platform is still so good. Like <clears throat> one of the best strategies I've employed in recent years, which I continue to use, is you can remarket. And uh, what remarketing means is basically anyone that comes across, for example, to your website, um, that you can drop a cookie in their browser. And, you know, have you ever noticed like when you go to a, a JB Hi-Fi and then you get followed around by these ads asking you to go back to JB Hi-Fi? Well, you know, the reality is it's very cheap to remarket and Facebook's a great way to do it. And now you can even remarket to people that you're uh, connected with on LinkedIn. So people say, oh, well, LinkedIn's much easier to find key decision makers and business to business. That's true, but it doesn't mean you can't advertise to them on Facebook. So there's, there's actually all these creative ways that you can use Facebook ads. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I think that what's happening is the same thing that happened on all of the other social channels, same thing that happened on Google, YouTube, and um, all, the, all the every search engine. What they're doing is they're getting, giving their users a better experience. So LinkedIn is learning how to serve people better content. So what it's doing is it's actually weeding out a lot of the content that may not have been adding value, okay? So if the content that you're posting is not getting as much reach as it was before, it's not necessarily that the algorithm's giving people less reach, it's just that it's getting smarter and your content's like falling into where it probably should sit in terms of the value exchange. The uh, Devesh, good to see you, mate. Um, what happens most of the time is, is um, on LinkedIn especially is, is even though like it's such a great way to target, like you can find people that are in key, you know, key roles in industries, most people are very reactive. So they build this network by just checking who's sent them a request and they kind of accept. And so what happens is while they're trying to get the numbers up is they've got quite a broad range of people in their network. So, you know, you may have people from school of mates and then you've got, you know, uh, people you worked with, then you've got potential clients, and then you've got all these salespeople and recruiters that wanted to connect with you, and you just pressed accept while you were building your network. Um, so, you, so most people have not got this niche audience, right? So I, it makes sense to me that as the algorithm gets smarter, less of your network is going to find the content that you're posting relevant. So before, like a small portion of your network could engage on your content, and most of your network would see it. Whereas now what's happening is, is a small portion will engage on the content, but if it's not relevant to the rest of the network, they won't see it. You may get um, people outside of your network seeing it if it's relevant enough, but that, that's the main thing I'm seeing. The other thing is uh, sh consistency showing up. Like you've got to train the LinkedIn algorithm about you know what, what you're about, what's your purpose, what's your content about, what are you posting about? It's looking for... It's looking for meaningful conversations. So, yes, it's important to get likes and comments, but what are those are those comments actually starting discussions? Um, really important that uh, you're starting conversations. And then, <clears throat> so a lot of this stuff, like I would have said exactly the same tips uh, three, four years ago when um, many of you may have been getting a lot more reach on LinkedIn, but it's just that they've become more important now because the algorithms just got smarter. Um, so some people are crushing it on LinkedIn. And I'll tell you what, the influencers on LinkedIn, the guys with million plus followers are finding it harder now. So before, if you had lots of followers, you're going to get lots of reach and they would actually dominate the newsfeed. Whereas now, like it's just as easy for somebody who's got 100 followers 
um, to dominate the newsfeed for those people that they're targeting, you know? LinkedIn encourages uh, new content creators as well. So you like if you haven't posted yet and you post, you'll get more reach than than you you know your most of your network will get because it wants to encourage you to do it again. <clears throat> One of the interesting thing is things was um, I don't I don't know if LinkedIn does this anymore. I think they've stopped doing this, but they used to notify you and say um, your post is trending for this keyword, content marketing or what have you, and. Um, <clears throat> Um, a lot of people would message me and they say, oh, look at this, my content's trending. And I said, that's interesting. My content's trending too. I wonder if everyone else's content's trending. And I think what's been going on is LinkedIn obviously want to encourage people to keep posting. So if they notify people maybe once a week that their content is trending for a certain keyword, then they're going to feel good about it. They're going to continue to post. So I think that those trending, there's no definition of what trending means. Um, they're very cagey about it. I just think, literally, they're just trying to get people to post more. LinkedIn has a has a lack of good quality content. What it's actually looking for is really good quality video content. There's a huge shortage of it on LinkedIn. People are going to Facebook and YouTube to consume video content because they haven't got the same sort of quality on LinkedIn. So, like, if you can create video content that's specifically for your LinkedIn audience, that's good. Um, I think you do really well, but you've got to be consistent. Really important that you show up on a consistent basis so that you train your audience what to expect from you and your content. It's not something that I've been perfect at, you know, like this Monday Night Live, something that, I, you know, I've been consistent with. Um, sometimes my content is a little bit, I try different things a lot, a lot, so I'm always testing different things, which isn't ideal. There's a lot of people that used to follow me, say, five, seven years ago when I used my main um, form of content was articles. And I look through, like, you know, I go back and I look through who engaged with the content. A lot of them, this is not necessarily the ones that are um, engaging with me these days because they got used to consuming the content in a certain way and then I switch it up and, you know, it's not ideal. Um, so that's what I encourage you to do. I get a lot of people reacting to a lot of my posts now. See, Paul Harrison's a great guy to have a look at. He, he's um, doing really well at the moment with his content. Um, somebody has tried a lot of different things. I've been having, checking out his content the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's he's I think that he's made the decision. It seems like he's made the decision to just show up and add value without actually asking for anything in return. So a lot of people was like when they're not used to posting content um, and they see that you are, they'll ask you, you know, oh, what are you getting out of it? You know, and, and if you just started, you feel like you need to have an answer. Right. But the truth is, like, the guys that are successful don't actually look at what they're getting out of it. And they might do it in retrospect in like six months or 12 months. But the reality is you're just showing up to your audience. The best marketing strategy out there is to care, right? <laughs> and so if you add value without asking for anything in return for your audience, um, it shows that you care. In my experience, a lot of the guys that, uh, sorry, a lot of companies that I do business with, and I, you know, I've got some big clients, I've worked with um, some big names, so I do some name dropping, but I better not. Um, Apple, Westpac, um, who else? Fremantle Dockers, Western Union. So these guys, like generally when they contact me, and a lot of like financial services companies get me to do training, they're not necessarily people that are like tuning in and commenting on my stuff. Maybe they've seen a couple of videos, but what happens is they do their research. And then when they do their research, they realize that I have like an, a bit of an audience that give a shit about what I say, I must care. And so it makes a big difference, I think, than when you go look at, like, do some research on a professional. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. And you go to their LinkedIn profile, and it's just, it's just like what they want to tell you. Like, there's no posts. 
There's no recommendations. There's no like interaction. Um, so it, it makes it a bit more of a bit more of a risk for somebody to do business with you. Whereas if like there's a disengagement, um, you're active in the community. Um, you've got you've got a certain. They, they actually do look at how many people follow you, despite what you know you may hear. Um, mainly just because like if they're a marketing manager or they're a, you know procurement manager or HR manager, they've got to cover their neck, right? And so it's less risk if it's somebody that's like active. In, with his audience, with their audience, they've got recommendations from similar sort of businesses. Um, so that's important. And I think that's how you get business from social media, right? I've just turned off as of yesterday on YouTube. <clears throat> For those of you that um, don't uh, follow my YouTube stuff, um, it's about five weeks ago, I, I passed the 10,000 subscribers mark. I was quite happy. I celebrated. I, I've been doing YouTube videos for about eight years to get to 10,000 subscribers. I think I've almost hit 12,000 now. So it's growing a lot quicker now that I've surpassed the, the 10,000 mark. Um, but um, where was I going with that? I feel like I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so, oh, that's right. Yeah. So what I wanted to come back to is we're talking about adding value. So on YouTube, like when you start getting a certain number of views, and I think I'm getting between 100 to 200,000 views a month now, is they offer you to become a YouTube partner. And what happens when you're a YouTube partner is you, you can turn ads on and then they'll pay you um, depending on how many views you get on the channel. And so the first time I must, first month I did it, I turned some ads on. I like tried to turn off the ones that you can't skip because I think they're annoying. And I got a thousand bucks from from YouTube for my first month in advertising. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I'm getting you know paid from YouTube. <laughs> and um, I had this like feeling in the back of my head uh, for the last few months thinking, is this the right thing to be doing? People have subscribed, you know, to my channel and I'm throwing ads in there. But it's nothing more annoying to me when I go to watch a video and, like, you know, an ad comes up interrupting me, he's trying to sell a car or something. Um, so I fin finally um, got – I got some feedback. Like, I think I asked my mum and my mum was like, no, don't be silly, you want to get revenue. Like, and so, anyway, it took me a while. But last night I turned off monetization on all of my videos, um, except there's like th uh, a few how-to videos, which explain like how to download a LinkedIn video or how to add subtitles. And I've kept it on those ones. They're very instructional, but um, all of my keynotes, all my webinars, all my lives have turned monetization off with the sole purpose of, because I think that the more value I add to my audience, it'll come back in indirect ways. And it is very difficult to measure, um, but, this is what the mindset of a content creator that, ha that grows an audience has because you can't really measure how much value you're adding without asking for anything in return. But all this stuff around the peripheral, um, spending very little money on advertising. I do a bit of Facebook remarketing, do a bit of AdWords. Oh, there she is. Speak of, the, speak of my mother and she does appear. Um, so, you know, I, I think building a brand is one of the most powerful things you can do. What will happen is, especially, you know, with the COVID thing, like we've seen digital adoption um, increase from like 15% of companies to like 40% in just like literally one year. It's been crazy. Um, but what's going to happen is people are going to be searching for um, brands. It's going to be the only thing that differentiates you from or your business from the next business. Because let's be honest, like if you want to buy like a Toyota Corolla and you go to one you know yard and they tell you one price and you can get it cheaper down the road, you go you go down the road generally. Unless there's, you know, there's a brand associated um, with the interaction, and so <clears throat> the first impression that people have is quite important, right?
Now, that might happen here, like on a live. Somebody might come across my content, first impression, you know, does it add value? Um, or it may be somebody like Googling for what you do or Googling your name to find out more information. Maybe they've heard somebody that's doing business with you. Most of the time, like if they do that, they Google your name. That's a quite a hot, like a warm sort of uh, opportunity because they're kind of like down the customer journey. So they're not actually just looking for um, solutions, alternatives. They're actually looking for more information about you individually. They'll they'll find your your social media profiles at the top of the search results. Do the Google test, see what shows up. But like LinkedIn's probably going to be the first one in the search results. So it's like really important. A lot of people spend all this time posting content generating leads, but they haven't looked at their profile in about five years. The LinkedIn profile, if you're using it to get customers, it's really important that it's written in a certain way. It needs to follow certain um, uh, steps so that it engages your target audience. And, and when people try to do that, quite often they make the mistake of trying to cater for everyone. Because I say to them, you know, you need to create a niche. Like, who are you writing this to? What, you know, how many kids do they have? What do they do for fun? What magazines do they read? Who are they following? And people say, well, Nathaniel, I can't, if I can't just sell to one type of person, how am I going to run a business if I only sell to one person? But that's not actually what I'm asking them to do. What I'm asking them to do is have a clear, concise message to an individual. You pick up people around the peripheral, but the problem with trying to cater for everyone is, is, your, is you end up catering for no one with your copywriting. Because it's like, if you like this, I can help you with this. I can help this with, I can help you this. I can help anyone. You know, financial advisors, I can help anyone with money. And so therefore it speaks to no one. It's like, what makes you different? Great way to, to have a point of difference is to niche. Um, so relevancy, also hashtags. So on LinkedIn, the hashtags may not bring in as much traffic as say Instagram and so on. But what I'd encourage you to do is, is be specific enough with your hashtags that the, the content's gonna be relevant for a very niche sort of group really. So look at the people who are engaging with your content. Look at what hashtags they follow. You can check that stuff out by looking at their profile. Um, the statistic that I've uh, found, and I think it was Agora that did this, they said that if you put one hashtag in your LinkedIn content, you'll get 30% more reach than if you don't put any hashtags. So worthwhile doing. Um, one of the things I do is, is use hashtag for Monday Night Live. So if anyone ever comes across this, you know, this, um, alive, like, and goes, wow, that was so valuable. I just want to spend all week watching Monday Night Live so they can just click on the hashtag and away they go. All right, guys, I'm going to encourage you to be selfish and jump in the chat and ask some questions here. We've still got about 10 or 15 minutes, so I'm going to address any of the questions that you guys do have. Um, and while you're doing that, I have another topic I want to talk about, but I can't talk too much about it. It's called Project 260. You may have uh, seen an Instagram post or a LinkedIn post about it. It's something which I am not 100% convinced about yet. Um, and what it, what I'm thinking of doing is uh, I'm thinking of rounding up a bunch of content creators uh, at, who are committed to growth. And we are going to create a private Facebook and LinkedIn group. And what the idea is, is two, there's 260 weekdays in a year. So the commitment would have to be that you would post every day. And the reason behind that is, is not like consistency is important, but 
you get so much feedback when you post regularly. And what happens is most people, they want to be so perfect that they, you know, they don't post that often because perfection is a form of procrastination. And so by throwing more content out there, throwing more content against the wall, you're just getting all this data points, all this feedback, and that's how you become exceptional at, at content creation. And so I'm thinking about doing it. It's going to be a free thing. Like I'm not going to charge anyone for it. But like, let me know if there's any interest in the comments because if there's no interest, I won't do it. It's going to be a big commitment on my behalf. Um, I'm going to be like sharing content ideas of like what you need to post that's going to add value with inspiration, entertainment, education, all that kind of stuff. And um, and then like I'm going to, going to like pick one post for the week to share with my audience. We're going to give away prizes. Um, it's something which I'm already doing for my social media bootcamp clients that, that are in the 30-day program. Um, I'm seeing some tremendous results there. What I'm concerned about is after the 30 days, what happens then? So, you know, they're going to continue because if you can do it for a year, then it's really entrenched in your business. I mean, that's really showing up. Uh, I did a 30-day challenge. I don't know if any of you saw it with my dad, Graham Bibby. Uh, what was that, about a year ago, year and a half ago? And um, I encouraged him to, well, actually, he had to post every day for 30 days. I challenged him. Um, on a live video and he's, you know, he's not going to back down when I do it live. That's why I did it. Um, you know, and he had a lot of growth, a lot of him, you know, he, his content got a lot better. He built this audience, but like after 30 days, because there's like, you know, no one holding him accountable, it's, it hasn't been as regular as much. I, so, you know, he posts on Facebook, but not as often on LinkedIn. So I want to do something for a bit longer. It'd be Project 260, 260 weekdays in a year, Monday to Friday, everyday posting. All right. So we've got some interesting feedback. Moi Han Cole, where are you tuning in from, mate? I love your photograph there. That's amazing. Paul sounds okay. We've got some interest. We've got some interest. Group sounds amazing. Okay, cool. Well, I think I'm going to work out the details a bit more during the week, and then perhaps next Monday Night Live, I'll release more information on how you can be involved. It has to be. It's going to be by invitation only. I mean, this commitment would be to to post every day. I think, like from my perspective, I would just love to, you know, have all, all of the people that are committed to doing it look at their um, profiles, LinkedIn, Instagram, not just you know one pla all, all platforms, Facebook, YouTube. How many subscribers have they got? How many engagements um, have they got? And then in twelve months, we can share the results. Like I, I would be stoked to be able to have that sort of impact. Um, something I've been working on for a long time, like, uh, you know, generating leads for business 10 years ago up until probably five years ago was all about direct outreach, which is still very effective because most businesses, they just want results now. So like direct outreach, setting appointments, it does it. But the whole time I was thinking, how do I share what I'm doing with my content, like with a wider community? And I've worked out now that we, you know, we can do this content marketing service where we interview brands and chop up the content and distribute it for them. And this 30 day bootcamp has been like a, a long time in the, in the works where I can actually like train a company in 30 days, how they can just like do things like create a month's worth of content in an afternoon, um, really powerful. But like, I, I'm just keen to do something for, for free for my audience to add value. Like just going back to what we were talking about at, at the start, you know, um, to add value. 100% committed. Well, we've got somebody here from, from uh, Norway. I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but welcome. Hey, Nat, what are your thoughts on text posts? Can they be too long? Well, it's a little bit like videos, right? So 
like I was with videos, the statistics say on social media that after 10 seconds, 50% of your audience are not watching anymore on average. That's an average. So like after a minute, it's 80%. So, you know, you can have a 10 minute long video. It's just got to be good and adding value. So when, when you write a text post like this is and the process that I go through is I, I write it out. I try to make the sentences quite short to, you know, get a hook, get people reading because they'll scan through it real quick. And then I think, how can I make this shorter? How can I make it more succinct? Um, so the shorter the better like you know it's a, it's a lot harder to make something short than it is to make something long and, and I think you've got to focus on one emotional hit not like two or three because you can kind of lose the impact if there's like too many too much messages in, in one post it's an awesome question um, awesome question we've got somebody from Malaysia oh sorry you're from Malaysia Muik Han Cole welcome all right questions guys that's I'm just scrolling through. I'm always procrastinating because of perfection thing. They're still up. Um, <clears throat> I understand. I understand completely. I, I, I mean, I, I used to do it a lot. I, I catch myself doing it a lot, uh, a lot still. Um, and then I will quite often like we'll just post it and I'll, I'll just walk away. And I, I, even though like you should be engaging with the comments um, quite quickly, quite often I like won't look at it again for half an hour because it's more important to get the feedback than it is to get to nail it because you just get it better next time. Content marketing is interesting with JVs. <clears throat> well, so yeah, I don't know who wrote this, but if you can't post daily as, as too busy, it's probably because you're trying to get it perfect or procrastinating because we I mean, we've all got, one thing we all have is time. When people tell me they don't have time, I, I say, well, that's one thing that you definitely do have. Um, it's just what you choose to do with it. Either you make time or you don't. Posting a, a piece of content could could take you two minutes. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, we've all got telephones and, you know, you can share an insight. You can answer a question. You don't even have to make it about your business. Tell you what, like if you post something, this could be a good challenge for you guys this week. Post something about somebody else. Like give value by saying, do you know what? Have you followed this guy? Like I've learned a lot about, you know, X from this person or do you know what? I'm doing business with this um, this particular company. They do this and I think it's really inspiring and that's awesome and you just make it about somebody else. Um, there's no reason why we, we all can't be posting content on a daily basis. But to be honest, like 90% of your competitors and this in business, like this is the reality. 90% of your competitors are not doing anything. So, you know, even if even if you just did one post a week, you'd be in that 10% um, that, that cares enough to engage with their audience on scale. And no matter what business you're in, if, if you think that social media is a waste of time or it doesn't, you know, generate return on investment, it, it is a, it's a selfish way to look at it because social media, all it is, is a way to, for you to engage with your community on scale. There's not actually another way to do it. Uh, like you can on social media. And so people's attention are there. It's just whether or not you show up and you're part of the conversation, really. Um, so, you know, engaging on other people's content in your newsfeed is going to be really important. Um, one of the, th the things I did recently is like, and this was quite difficult because I had 30,000 connections. And what happens on LinkedIn is about two or three years ago, they separated connections and followers. And so all the people that I was connected with, I was following as well. So I was following 30,000 people. So you can imagine my newsfeed would have just been cluttered. 
right with all all sorts of people so i i um spent the last six months unfollowing everybody that i was following and i'm slowly now following people that i want to my news feed's so relevant though like it's amazing like i want to follow all you guys and so i'm going to be going through like the comments and be following each of you because look i want to see what you're posting i want to see the content i want to hear what your questions are um but like controlling your news feed means that you can be mindful who you engage with, like engage with people that are in your audience, engage with potential prospects, just as powerful as posting. Like if you just spend an, uh, half an hour a day, like commenting on businesses in your target audience that are posting stuff. I mean, if they're bothering to post stuff, and, and then maybe they're not getting much engagement and you give them that engagement, it releases dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, it makes them like you and trust you more. Really powerful. People think it's a waste of time, it's not. It's building relationships about having conversations with people um yes pick up the phone and do it that way too but like social media can do you can do it on scale it's a really interesting thing to do at the top of the funnel where people are like gathering awareness of what you do you know it's business networking on steroids if you're still a member of business networking international where you go like to a breakfast every week with 20 other business people your time is better spent on social media i can tell you i quit um my business networking stuff like five years ago if I ever go to a business networking thing, it's generally just to have fun. I quite often <laughs> don't want to talk business when I go there. Um, what have we got here? When you reshare an industry announcement, like a product release, should you also tag the person to or just reshare from your own profile? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's worthwhile um, tagging the person as well. Um, so when you share somebody's content, depending on their uh, settings, in their newsfeed, like they may get notified, oh, so-and-so shared your post. Depending on how many followers they have, they may miss that. I, I quite often miss them, unfortunately. Um, so if somebody tags me, I'll get another notification that they've tagged me as well. So I'm more likely to see it. Um, so that's, I mean, tagging people, sharing people's stuff, commenting on their um, on their content is a way to get show up in their notifications feed, right? Because if you just post and you don't tag anyone and you just it's up to the newsfeed like if a few they'll show it to a few people in your network if they don't engage on it then it's not going to stay in the newsfeed very long so i mean it's always great to involve people in your content tag them where you can because obviously they'll, they'll get notified and if you get engagement in the quick like quickly in the first 10 minutes first 15 minutes and then you're off to the races the algorithm's not going to hold your content back stephen wright thanks for joining us i'm pleased that you've found some value today Hey, Karen, welcome. I'm just seeing if we've got any more questions. I like this. Burn the boats when you should become your musts. Tony Robbins anecdote. If you're going to take over an island, don't forget to burn the boats when you arrive. I'm just scrolling through, making sure I haven't missed any of the questions tonight. Interesting perspective on business networking. <clears throat> yep, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that if you if you do have a business networking like group, that's awesome. But I think like take the time to create, you know, social media communities, groups around that and like share each other's, you know, content and stuff like that and just give each other recommendations. Like <clears throat> it's so funny in the old days when I was selling real estate in Thailand, whenever somebody bought a property off me, I used to say, um, I'd have three spaces at the bottom of the agreement and I'd say, can you put down three people that you think would also be interested in buying a villa in Phuket? And they would sit there and they'd rack their brains of like who would be interested in buying a property. 
And like quite often, you know, like I'd call them up and they're like, what are you calling me for? Like blah, blah, blah. Or like sometimes it would work. And so like it was a worthwhile exercise. But what's cool now is like when the client's getting a really good experience with doing business with my company, is like I want to LinkedIn and I look, I click on their network and I look at like the 500, 1,000 people they're connected to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they would be perfect. Oh, that business would be perfect. Oh, you know, we did good, we had great results in commercial solo. That company would be ideal. And then I can go back to that client and say, could you introduce me to any of these three people? And so I've been extremely targeted with who I've suggested that I would like to be introduced to um, based on the fact that I could help them. <clears throat> now, do you have to go and ask the client if they'll introduce you? Not necessarily. You could actually connect, send them a connection request on LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, you're connected with one of my clients. I'm interested in learning more about your business because I've been looking for a company to work with in your field, or I've been, um, I'm interested in learning more about your business because we help a lot of companies that are like yours. Of course, not everyone's going to say yes. Some people are going to say, no, leave me alone, piss off. But it's a numbers game and the numbers work better on LinkedIn. Like I'm not suggesting that you, you know, bother people that don't want to hear from you. But more often than not, like if you know somebody that they do, like it's a very warm way to approach somebody and it's a very respectful way to approach somebody as well. Um, so <clears throat> one of the things that a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people miss out on is they thinking also about like the outbound activities and they don't think about the inbound. So if somebody like comments on your content, the most important thing that you should be doing for your social media strategy at that one point in time is responding to that comment. So if we went to a, a networking group, right? If you bumped into me in a networking group and I walked up to you like this, right? To shake your hand and you just left me hanging. Is it likely that I'm gonna try and shake your hand next time I see you at a networking group? Probably not. This That's exactly what's happening on social media all the time is like people will post, two comments don't get responded to, are those people likely to comment again? Probably not, right? You know, especially, you know, like it, it's it's worthwhile finding out by engaging with them. LinkedIn groups are something which you can use to get more eyeballs on your content. It's quite easy to get to the top of a LinkedIn group. It's, it works the same way a newsfeed does. Um, so <clears throat> if you get engagement on the content because it's relevant to that group, then it'll show up at the top when people come into it. So it's a great way, like if you've got, if you're doing an article on like sales to share it in a sales group, don't share it in all of them. Um, and then, you know, if it adds value, you'll be, you'll get engagement, you get to the top of the group. And then depending on people's like settings, they'll have quite often people will get like a daily digest of the groups that they're members of, or even a weekly digest. Um, some people have it turned off. You know, some people get notified every time there's a comment in the group. So you have, the, if there's 200,000 people in that group, for example, and they're all getting a weekly digest and your content's at the top of that group, you'll actually show up in everyone's email inbox. So it's a very powerful way to get a lot of eyeballs on your content, particularly articles, things like that. But it just comes down to relevancy. Relevancy. <clears throat> I think LinkedIn groups are going to get better and better. Um, the, the one thing that I think that, um, that uh, Facebook does well is groups. I think that, like private communities... Uh, could do with some work on LinkedIn, but there's definitely a lot of people working on making that better. So I think we're going to see a lot of improvements. Um, should you ask permission to post in a group? Um, you have to read the group rules. So they'll always say like, you know, what's the guidelines? You know, do, do you need to ask permission? Generally you don't. Um, 
generally don't. But like as a general rule, like if you're adding value to the group, then um, no one's going to have a problem. The group uh, facilitator will probably be very grateful that you're helping to add value to his community so that he doesn't have to do it all the time. Um, a lot of uh, group creators are looking for moderators all the time that will actually help them monitor the group. It's a great way to build a brand. Um, you know, I've got a group, the social media social media thought leaders group. Um, but yes, it is quite a big task to manage. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities in groups and, and there are actually some instances on LinkedIn where people have um, sold groups that they've built um, to different businesses. The problem is, is when a business takes over, uh, they stop all of the other companies that want to post and add value in their community because they want to hog it all for themselves. So the group becomes not as valuable, not uh, pretty rubbish, to be honest. Um, let's just take a couple more of these questions, guys. I still can't get change of job or role to notify network on LinkedIn. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, that, that's something that's in the settings um, tab. So if you go to settings, top right, avatar, um, you'll be able to customize like what LinkedIn notifies your audience of. So, I mean, definitely check that out. If you still have a problem with it, you might have to contact LinkedIn help. <clears throat> it's something which um, you've got to be careful of if you're changing things on your profile, but you haven't actually changed your job because maybe you don't want to notify everyone <laughs> um, that you've changed your job and all you've actually done is changed your headline on LinkedIn. <clears throat> Stephen, good to understand these tips for respectfully keeping momentum with relevant content and build contacts. I often click and connect with the tag people and post as a potential thought leader, good info source, but wondered if they respect or not. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like it, it, people tag me all the time. And when I look at the content, <clears throat> like it may not be relevant, right? And then there's like 20 tags with all these other influencers at the bottom. And they, I guess they think that like, we're gonna just like go like and comment and do thanks for the shout out. But if it's not relevant, <clears throat> I don't engage with it. Like I appreciate it when I get a tag and it's relevant, you know, um, whether I know the person or not. And I, where I possible, like I, I try to always engage on that content. I really like appreciate people spreading the word, sharing my stuff. Um, so I definitely do. Um, Karen's saying she's st still stuck. We might have to have a conversation offline about that, Karen. Um, so I can help you get your network notified about your job changes. Um, so we're gonna wrap it up there, guys. I appreciate all of your attention and I will be, uh, posting live again sometime this week um, about Project 260. And I'll see you next week on Monday Night Live. Thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic week in business.